What walks on eight legs as an infant, four legs as a young adult, and two legs the rest of its life? I don't know. What? The Weasley twins. <laughs> Jesus. Oh my god. What the fuck? I'm sorry, guys. I'm going to be out of commission for the next um, four hours while my heart just restarts. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> Welcome back to Detroit Dart Talk. <laughs> um, <laughs> joining us again in the studio today uh, are Tally and Wormy from uh, UNCC, University of North Carolina, Charlotte. Uh, now, you guys are not an urban gaming club. You're an outdoor gaming club? Yes, yeah. we are Charlotte Outdoor Gaming. Charlotte Outdoor Gaming. Um, or COG for short. COG. Okay. Good to know. Um nice. And we wanted to have them back on the show to uh, tell us a little bit more about uh, their club in general and, uh, you know, some of the things they have upcoming, um, you know, and maybe uh, a little bit more insight into um, what the, the club proper had going on with End War as well. Um, yeah, because I'll be honest, like, I'm newer to, like, the hobby space. Like, Wormy, you've been in the hobby quite a bit longer than me. I came in, in like, covid <laughs> Um, so I'll be honest, when they announced like Indoor was at UNC Charlotte, I was like, UNC Charlotte has HVC, what? <laughs> <laughs> so like, not as like, and no offense meant, just like, it was not a school that was on my radar. So it, I'm, I'm really curious to see like how your organization operates. Um, cause I know every school is a little different and I know like it's unique for you guys. Cause like Wormy, you are not a student. Like you're a pseudo alumni, let's say. <laughs> yeah, pseudo alumni, but yeah, no, I've been with this I've been involved with HVZ since twenty fourteen. Yeah. So So yeah, I'd love to hear kind of about how the club works now. But like Tim said, I think we might want to take a step back and talk about a little bit about some of the behind the scenes lead up to end war. Like we covered some of that in the last episode. But I felt like a lot of that episode was mostly focused on like the event proper, like day of. So I would love yeah. to hear kind of what went into it from the club, you know, the organization's uh, side of it to get there. Of course, we're happy to talk about that. Um, so our or it is a student organization and it gets school funding and we have a mostly student membership for the org. And so the way we orient our how things are done with the university is that all the mods are considered officers of the organization and anyone who's playing is just the regular people who would join a club is how we generally do it but we do have our own exec team to run things like president vice president and such and then everyone else is officers and so tally here is our vice president of our org currently now before end war took place we had a completely different set of officers. That's interesting. <laughs> yes. Um, we had um, Grace was in a different position. She is our current president, but she was mod at large, which is sort of a HR type position. They help settle disputes and be the PR person as well. Okay. And so we knew that some of our members were graduating and then we got Endwar on top of it. So we had to sort of figure out how to do the segue into Endwar. So most of our positions, we had a backup person for. And so Tally, you were the backup for Mod at Large for Grace. 
Yes. So when we figured out that we were having end war, I wasn't even on the executive team. <laughs> and then yeah. got kind of thrown into mod at large. Which you did great at. For the like two months that I was. Yeah. So And then yeah, go on Warby. Yeah. Our Z week that we had, um, our executive teams half of them stepped down at the end of that week. So our president and our vice president both stepped down. And we had a new president and a new vice president. And then Tally stepped up to mod at large then as well. Now, and that's when Grace became our vice president. So is that when like positions would normally change over for the year? Or was this just like due to like... Generally, okay. it generally happens towards the end of the semester. So our Z week was near the end of the semester. It was in April. So it was generally sort of around then. Yeah, our Z week was a week and a half before finals started. And to be clear, when you say Z week, you're talking about like a, a week long game. Yes. Yes. Okay. I want to come back to that because I want to. I want to hear. Oh, no, you're fine. I, but I want to. I want to find out. You know, we've heard about what week longs are like in like Ohio and Pennsylvania, which is the type of HVZ we're most familiar with. But I, I want to hear a lot more about what your uh, your week long is like of course so we had them step down and we had a person named darren take over as president of the organization and so through this we i was in contact with drac and his team and so i was also working with campus though i wasn't an exec this is something usually the president would take care of but due to the fact that we had our z week coming up everyone else was busy and i was the person who knew drac I stepped up and took over those responsibilities. And so our org is also departments or departmentalized. So we have like a props department. We have a mission department. We have lore departments that come up with those areas. And then we bring it all together with everybody. And so with Endor, we sort of started making an Endor department. And then because everything got very busy for everyone else it sort of was just me working on it which is why i reached out to rogers who was back in our episode last time because it's a lot of work for one person love you tally love everybody else in my org um but i asked him to help me with creating this missions and such and he came in and said hey i can just help run this and so the org had a vote i think tally was on vacation yeah but the org had a vote and he assumed control of end war for creation purposes and such. I continue with reservations as that's what I was doing beforehand. So it'd be kind of weird to change that. But our president wasn't doing anything with end war whenever he stepped down, nor was our vice president at the time. And so when Darren stepped up into the role, he took a more vested interest as it was happening less than a month away at that point, almost two months away. And so we had him as president for about a month. And then some crazy things happened in his life for his mental health. And yeah, for the sake of his mental health, he took a step back. And then he decided to take a step down. And so gotcha. Grace became our president. Tally moved into the role of vice president. And I became an exec and st stepped up into the role of mod at large. That is a lot of transition. <laughs> it it was, yeah, and it still is. And 
me stepping into vice presidency was uh, two weeks before in war. And then a few days later, they were, Grace was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to be out of the country. <laughs> Good luck. Yeah. And so then I, that was when I realized, oh, I'm acting president for the sake of this. Surprise. But yeah. So at the beginning of all this, I went from being just a regular moderator and didn't thinking didn't think I would have like such a huge role in running the event to becoming acting president. Now in was in hindsight, do you regret it? No. No, No, I had a blast. I learned a lot really quickly and I needed that push out of my comfort zone. Yeah. So another interesting facet leading up to Edward, uh Tally and the rest of our moderators besides Grace and I, so about four people, they that was their first semester being a mod, was the spring semester play of that we had. So that was their first semester ever modding. Wow. Wow. So everyone who was leaving pretty much had experience and then they left. Um Grace does have experience modding, but she was gonna be out of the country. So I was the only one in town that weekend from the organization who had done more than one week-long game modding. That's and, impressive. Yeah, and actually one of ours was brand new. They tried out to be a mod at the end of the spring semester, and they sort of just rolled with us having Endor and helping out. It's a heck of a Shout thing. Shout out to... Jazz. <laughs> That's a heck of a thing to add to your resume, though. Yeah. <laughs> at least your HVZ resume. Like, yeah, yeah, that's just, I'm, I'm just sitting here kind of reflecting because like we, you know, everyone who's listened to the last episode knows we just raved about it. Um, so to, to, you know, see just like, we knew the mod staff was young and new from what you said, but to hear about the transitions and how new it really was. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's two yeah. weeks before Z week. We also had our treasurer step down. Ah. So we lost our president and our treasurer. And our treasurer was in charge of the funding that Drac gave us. So Drac gave us some money to use for props. And whenever we were trying to figure out what to do with the money, who should hold on to it, we made the decision that the org should hold on to it. So the treasurer had access to that account. And then the treasurer stepped down. Oh, jeez. And all the treasury fell on to me. Also. Yeah. Our new vice president also took over treasury because the only person who could be treasurer, there was only two people who had qualifications to be treasurer. And they both didn't really know, didn't have the experience yet with our org. Now, now out of curiosity, for for the the treasury and the funds and whatnot, does the club actually hold it in a bank account or is it held by officials on campus or just... No, we have a bank account. We okay. have a Charlotte Outdoor Gaming account. Okay, because in you know, I've talked about on in past episodes that you know I'm, I'm very involved in scouts, and we recently went through something like that in our Cub Scout group, where the previous treasurer had uh, stepped away, and we had a very hard time getting dealing with funds because they were the person on the account that was authorized to make changes. So as soon as you said that they had stepped away, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, that that's a very big deal when it's not just, you know, cash sitting in like a locked zipper bag, um, you know, yeah. or something. So they, they transferred it over to 
someone else. Was it you, Tally, or was it Jazz? I still have all the treasury stuff. Okay, it was Tally. So Tally became in control of the funds. And so it did help that they at least did that before they left, Mm -hmm. which was appreciated. Um, But that was two weeks before Endor. And while we had the missions and everything nailed down, we still had props to create slash um, buy leading up to it. In fact, we were still making props right up to the day before Endor. Me and Tally spent three hours that Friday after FoamCon in my garage making props. Uh, no, not in your garage. Well, we had not, like, in, your, a- not in the garage, in the driveway. <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, we were in the driveway. In the driveway until 1030 <laughs> that night, making a last minute props that needed done that just hadn't had time to get done. Yeah, but Tally, spent- I-, I looked at my clock. I was up till 12 that night making props. <laughs> Yeah, but it's not an invitational if you're not, like, up the night before doing last-minute, you know, mods and projects for the invitational you're going to. So that's that's HVZ at its finest. (laughs) Yeah, we were, we put a lot of work into Endor grinding, making everything for those. I used to be in charge of the props department due to some things that happened before Endor. They had someone else take over as props head. But they lived in Raleigh. So it just... Just two hours it, away from us. Okay. So we were still doing props. It just had more steps to it. But... Uh, yeah. There was a lot. <laughs> in fact, we actually... Two weeks... It was also two weeks before Endor. We changed one of the missions. The props for the mission. So mission one, when it was written, it was supposed to be shoeboxes hidden all over campus. Which we changed to godly artifacts. That was a good change. Thank you. Um, and so... It put a lot more work onto us, but it was worth definitely. it. So, yeah, that was one of the standout things. It was like the props, especially Mission 1, were like... When I was like, when we first got like the helmet or whatever, I was like, oh, it's like a legit prop. That's cool. <laughs> so like, yeah, production value always helps. Oh, yeah. yeah when, that- so the Student Union has um, the Student Involvement Center which has got a bunch of little crafty things that uh, student orgs and people who are on campus are allowed to use to make stuff. We spent two weeks living in that room for just the entire day, making props, making shields, making everything. Yeah, because we also made brand new shields for Endor. So all the shields that we had, I think we, we actually have about 50 but I think we made close to 70 for Endwar. Wow. Yeah. So we did a double cardboard design with duct tape edges around it with some stretchy fabric used for the putting it on the arm. So that way people could adjust it as they needed. But we wanted to make them durable so they'd last. Yeah. And I still have all of them in my garage, which is where all the props live for the organization. <laughs> I know that feeling. All of our Z13 <laughs> props are in a, a 72 gallon tote in my basement. <laughs> yep. They um they actually wanted to move the props to a storage locker, but our org doesn't have a whole lot of funds. So, they're back in my garage again. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, a, a nice prop goes a lot further in telling the story. Um one of our game types is you go out on a supply run to bring back supplies for your survivor colony and 
Um, we used to use just colored foam balls to stand in for food and med packs and fuel. Um, and then, you know, eventually we, when we started raising some funds, we, I, uh, I 3d printed basic shapes and now there's cans of beans and spam and there's uh, actual like battery looking power cells and, uh, you know, actual like first aid kit looking med packs. Um, so, you know, so that's awesome. Yeah. It's, it's nice to actually like up your production quality a little bit. It adds to the, uh, the flavor. And we also play in, in uh laser tag arena. So the, we, I got, uh, <laughs> ultraviolet uh, filament so that it glows under the uv lights awesome we we had a lot more props that we had for end war that we just didn't get to use because of the heat i made toga outfits for every single person <laughs> oh, wow oh, wow <laughs> yeah but they didn't really get to wear them because of the heat being so bad now one yeah. of you wore it if i remember correctly one of you was wearing a toga at final stand though right yes so some of them did persevere through the heat to wear the togas. Um, I know Jake from Drax's team wore one of the togas, as did Sky. Drax just bought his own toga, which was glorious to behold. Would not surprise me if he already had it. He probably did. Um, and then I had my hair outfit, the purple one, that I was trying to wear as much as possible. And Tally, you didn't get to wear the Artemis one, did you? No, because we we wore it for like the safety video. Yes, where we're doing all the stuff. That's what we wore the outfits for, for the first time. And mine had just a lot of string. I was getting caught in my shoes, and I was like, I cannot walk around in this. And then we just never got around to fixing it on top of everything else that had to be done. That was like the scissors. very last thing. Yes, but. It was also too hot, and I just spent some time inside cooling down because I was too hot. Yeah, that's fair. But um, if anybody needs any Greek props, we have a billion. <laughs> Happily lend them out. Please to take them. <laughs> Please take them. Yeah. However, you can't take the chariot. That one got rained on following end war oh, no. and had to be destroyed. Oh. I was very proud of my chariot. However, there was uh, the magical gold tape. Oh my gosh, I had this tape that it was very thin and it didn't really work like usual tape. Like it did, but not really. But whatever you put it on, it just made it look good. It didn't matter if it was made out of cardboard beforehand. It looked fantastic afterwards. Mm-hmm. I don't know if any of you guys got to see like the weapons with the gold stuff on it from Mission 1. I saw one of them. Yeah, the duct tape was just magic. It I made just, a plastic bag look good. It really did. I still have that tape. It is priceless. And this was but, duct, duct tape? No, it wasn't duct tape. It was... I don't know what type of tape it was, but it was reflective. Hmm. And yeah, I'll, have to, I'll put a link for you guys in it, just so you guys oh, can yeah. also reap the benefits of really good tape that makes things look good. You, did, you would not want to use it to tape something together, though. This is purely decorative. <laughs> but, yeah. So, we keep the props at my place now. And after End War, our org basically went into hibernation. Yeah. And it was a lot. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. But we did start... I, I still don't think I've recovered from it. Yeah. And we don't have any word on if we're having End War again next year. But we knew we wanted to keep up with doing invitational type events, which is why we have one coming up in September. 
Well, you answered my my final question already. So let's move on and talk <laughs> about what's coming up for your club. <laughs> Kelly, would you like to talk about what's coming up? Yeah, we have a invitational that is coming uh, September 22nd through the 23rd with a mission zero type on the 22nd and information meeting, etc. With and then the 23rd, which is a Saturday, is a full day mission or several missions throughout the day of final stand that night. Theme is castaways. Ooh. Mm. Interesting. Wilson. <laughs> and it goes very nicely with our week long game coming up October 15th to the 21st, which is pirates themed. Nice. There's a lot of pirates themed yeah, this year. I think. Yeah. Is it Grove City? I think yeah. is also doing a pirate. It is theme? Grove City. And Rag Ragnar oh. Oktoberfest is pirate themed. Is it? No. Yeah. We've had pirates picked out since March. <laughs> so everyone's just really missing the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise, huh? Yeah. Sounds yep. like it. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think that was part of the inspiration for it. Must be. Yeah. One of our uh one of our club admin does a very convincing Jack Sparrow cosplay. He, Ooh, well he's, he's invited. <laughs> Don't tempt him with a good time. <laughs> we'll make sure to let him know. Oh, I had well. thoughts for some of the missions. <laughs> or at least one of the missions that I know we're running for the week. Yeah. We have our first official meeting. Everybody is back in town for school, so we're meeting this Wednesday. And I'm very excited to see what we got going for the semester. But for the invitational, as far as that goes, it's already planned out. Nice. So question. This is just me being curious. You guys have the end war experience under your belt. It wasn't a giant end war numbers wise. It was you know, it was a small kind of intimate end war. Still decent numbers, though. Did you take anything you learned from running end war like to apply to this upcoming invitational? Yes. Do you want to yes. talk about any of that or surprise uh, no. me? <laughs> <laughs> no uh, walking the entirety of campus at 3 p.m. I'm clapping. I'm clapping. We are not doing that. I think we can tell them about our um, field limits. We did shrink where the play area is for people and where the missions are taking place because we we heard you all. We're not making you walk that much again. Gotcha. Hey, it's castaways. You're getting stuck somewhere that you can't get out of. We have a perfect area called main campus. You can't cross nice. the roads. Yeah. I like really that. Simple. Yeah. Uh, we're still deciding what happens if you actually do cross the road. I personally just think you should become a zombie because you're on an island. You get out into the water. You're probably not going to make it. Good yeah, you get point. eaten by the Kraken. There are other dangerous monsters that might make you ship direct there in the first place. You should have a shark mechanic where like, if a mod or a zombie player sees you across the street you're not supposed to be you get turned <laughs> oh yeah blood, yeah that's blood in the they, water the sharks bite you and turn you into a zombie <laughs> there you go if we see you across the street congratulations you joined the horde we're happy yep. you wanted to walk on over into it you just but... have to yell you have to yell sharks if you yell <laughs> yes. sharks and they hear you they're they're a zombie yeah no i actually i i like that idea because i've you know now that we've had time to like think about and war for a while We've we've had the the end war deep dive episode where we learned a lot. Um, I I didn't mind that the entirety of campus was used, but I think if it had had larger like if end war had had larger numbers, it would have made more sense 
because when you spread out people onto such a large area, it starts to feel a little empty. And so if you want your game to have that really tense, like, you know, there are other players, whether they're allies or enemies nearby, having that contained play space really works. So I think that's a really smart call for your invitational, not just from a people don't want to walk long distances point of view, but from a game mechanics of if you constrain the play area, you are forcing more encounters to happen. Yeah. And that's something we really want to have happen for our players. So we have four missions. I, I also agree with you guys. I don't like walking <laughs> so far. Well, we did find out that- walking I have to do is great. Yeah. There is that ice cabinet that we found that's unlocked that you can just go hide in. <laughs> hmm. Wait, Which what? Is... Uh, an ice cabinet? There, during mission three of Endor, we found this ice cabinet because we stopped to get water. And they were just, it was unlocked. So I climbed in cooled off for a bit we all got ice and just <laughs> chilled out there's a picture tim <laughs> there is a picture pictures, actually yeah there's there's, I was gonna say, there's there's at least a few pictures it was really hot outside and that's also why for endor for not for endor for the invitational coming up we did try to like make sure our missions that were around the hot time of the day weren't that mission we, we filed that mission back into our archives. Well, theoretically, uh, September, the end of September is in the fall. But we live in North Carolina, where fall doesn't happen until December. <laughs> <laughs> the yeah. end of September could be called what uh, false fall, or it could be Hell's Front Porch. There's there's many names for the seasons that North Carolina goes through because there's not just four. There's twelve. Yeah, I'm originally from, like, the Greenville, South Carolina area, so I'm, I'm very familiar. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't miss the... Currently in hell, so... Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't miss that. <laughs> yeah, you got out. But we try to design our missions for, for the Invitational around the fact that it is hot, and it is the South, and it's humid and everything. So hopefully we don't have any people passing out from heat stroke this go-round. Not that anybody would did be pass lovely out. from my end, please. Yeah, please don't make our health coordinator be angry at us. But we do are still keeping up with our supers that where there's no, there's still kill mechanics. All of our supers will still be operating with you get hit by them, you're tagged. Nice. And you know, it honestly, makes- that was a that was an eye opening thing for me as a player where like having, you know, just like the smoker balls. Like we've talked about that before, but having those kill was like, oh, now I'm actually worried about them. Yeah. So I don't mind that at mm-hmm. all. Yeah. So we're keeping up with those. It's just a lot easier for us to moderate. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's actually really smart. Yeah. <laughs> like that one won me until, over very quickly. And it wasn't until you guys mentioned it about stun mechanics that I realized that the zombie supers could just stun humans and not fully kill them. I've seen it before, Sally, in Ohio when we went there, and we saw like they had like the huge balls they were throwing that, that could make you freeze, and mm-hmm. we saw that and we we're just like, this looks really hard to moderate. Let's just not deal with this. Maybe on a smaller scale we could play with it. True. I kind of like the. I like that you can say at UNC. See, 
uh, everything kills you. Like it's it's beautifully simple. It's very yeah. beautifully simple. And you're right. It does make moderation a lot easier. You don't have to worry about people cheesing a tag backup or a 30 second stun count or anything like that. And there is a lot to be said in HVC for in what ways do we make the game complex and in which ways is that complexity actually a hindrance to the game instead of adding fun to the game. Uh, so I I don't mind the way you guys run that at all. Now, if I remember correctly, the uh, smoker balls once they hit the ground, they're dead, right? Yes. Yeah. So that, anything. Yeah. 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 But uh, see, that's However, another change. Except from, a person. Except a person. Yeah, <laughs> if you're if you're unfortunate enough to be ricocheted by the ball hitting somebody else. Yes. Okay. We're very sorry for your loss. Oh man. Because yeah. <laughs> again, at our final stand. You know, on the other side of campus, the trees were our allies, and the smoker balls kept hitting the tree branches and could not quite get us. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We but also was... figured out the road situation with the smoker uh, yeah. because we generally have our rules for it. It just wasn't explained super well, and we recognize that. <laughs> so, we, we're going to be giving very straightforward rules to everybody about how things work, go, this go around to make sure it's very crystal clear. And since no one can cross roads, they can't really use that to their advantage. Humans can't. Gotcha. Yep. But I can say that we are bringing the Arachne-type super back for the Invitational. Nice. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah. And we've also been experimenting with how missions can be done. So we've been, pra- we've been rocking a lot on campus lately to map it out and make sure it works in the time frame that we'd like. Yeah, except we did try to go walk campus um, during the hottest part of the day oh, oh with no. the stroller and the baby. Yeah. Yeah. Trying to walk on campus with a child in a stroller is like trying to do the maze mission, except for you can't use stairs at all. <laughs> you can. It just depends how much you want to put your child at risk. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. There's no good yeah. way to go from the from the, where our union is to where the echo circle is. There's no straight path that doesn't involve stairs or going into a building. Yeah, the only yeah. way through it is you have to go through a building. Oh no, you can go around five buildings. Yeah, you can take. It'll the route get you meter. there. Yeah. <laughs> It'll that, get you there. Our route literally was, I think, the the closest way to get there without stairs, just coincidentally, when we did uh, the final mission. Oh, yeah? You would have to yeah. go down Woodward, go around Woodward, go, go all the way up, past, like, around East West Deck, and go through Sack Tower. And then you're still not at Echo Star. So we went up to up, up to uh, Cameron, I think, and Burson. Mm-hmm. And then went over and then back down the path to Echo Star. Hey, that wasn't a terrible way to go. Yeah. Yeah, like, that's a route. Oh, it was past Cameron, but yeah, that's the way we went. Awesome. Yeah. I've got the map pulled up. (laughs) (laughs) The trusty map. Um, One thing that you guys didn't really get to... (laughs) One thing that players didn't really get to see at Endwar is... Like, they may have saw it for the third mission, but we really like using puzzles during our missions and such. So instead of just holding a location, we give you a puzzle to solve and mm-hmm. then you can leave that location. And I, I enjoy that. Last semester. I do too. Last I semester, enjoy it very I much. I had a 50 piece jigsaw puzzle. What were you saying, Tally? 
last semester, I had a 50-piece jigsaw puzzle that I had spread around uh, Woodward. Oh, no. And I wasn't allowed to talk because I was basically pretending to be Liam. I wasn't allowed to talk because he couldn't talk yet. And I had to get them, uh, get the humans to gather up the puzzle pieces, use it as a breadcrumb breadcrumb trail, and lead me up to engineering, which is where (laughs) they could then put the puzzle together. Mm -hmm. Kept trying to put the puzzle together at Woodward, and I was just would dive into the middle of them and just tear the puzzle apart and start throwing them in random directions. (laughs) And that was only one of the three pieces. Um, yeah, that was a mission that I designed, and I originally like the way I designed it was for a lot of people expecting a lot of players. Unfortunately, there weren't a whole lot of humans that showed up that night, but people still had fun with it. One of our other locations was a the mod basically had to follow Simon Says commands, so you had to be like mm-hmm. Simon Says using song walk. Oh, no, that was the other location. The other one had to sing things to them. (laughs) Um, But this one, uh, my group ended up going to that location. They also had a mechanic in there where every 40 minutes, the moderator who was standing there turned into a cat for three minutes. (laughs) Wait, all all right. Okay, talk about this mechanic a little bit more. (laughs) (laughs) So... so They had to get the moderator from one corner of campus to the complete opposite side. And they had to use order, Simon Says orders. And so when they found the mod, the moderator was going, Simon Says, do something. And that's what they were doing. And so whenever they broke it, they got clues to break the mod and give them their own commands. I put in a mechanic that would make them act like an animal every 40 minutes. Jeez. Oh, Oh, sorry, no, it was every 20 minutes. So every 20 minutes, this moderator would just start acting like a cat. And it was to force the humans to do a hold there for three minutes, essentially. Okay. Because they're, mo- yeah. <laughs> it also got the wonderful added benefit of watching this person that they respect act like an animal. <laughs> <laughs> and that moderator took it to the next level, and it was fantastic and so much fun for everybody. But. And so they're basically trying to lead this person all the way across campus. <laughs> okay, so it's like the distracted NPC escort mission. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, But if you ever don't want to do distracted NPC, make them act like an animal. That's hilarious. Yeah. I but... remember leading Bruce Banner across campus at Geneva College. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. He kept focusing Our on other... potato trees. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, yep. You couldn't make him angry, so you couldn't rush him. Or he'd hulk oh, out. No. <laughs> oh, that sounds like the type that's... Yeah, I've seen that mechanic before. We actually have a thing we call the Weeping Angel. It's a super that we... It's like a mission. I was going to talk about that. Huh? What, Tally? I was going to mention that. Okay, you can talk about I was about, about to mention that. We need to because we also have a Weeping Angel and I'd like to see how similar they are. It's based off of the Doctor Who Weeping Angel, but instead of like looking at them, it's singing. So while you're singing to them, they'll follow you and be nice and not tag you because they are an active zombie. As soon as you stop singing, they will chase you and try to tag you. And if you get too far ahead of them, because they walk at their own pace, if you get too far ahead of them, they will just get lost and start wandering around or they'll chase you, depending on how they're feeling. Interesting. How do you guys use use it? Well, all right. So to be fair, it's not ours. We, We... 
Okay. Absconded with it from uh, BG Undead. Um, but they're uh, the they're Weeping Angel, and, and the way that we typically use it is if you are paying attention to it, it cannot stun you, or it cannot tag you. So, like, if you're making eye contact with it, it is harmless. But that means that you're paying attention to it and not the rest of the horde that may be <laughs> rushing you or the tank that may be coming through your play area. Um, and it can also still go and tag other people who aren't paying attention to cor- it. Correct. So it's it's not, oh it's not you know, like, dimensionally locked like a, a true weeping angel, but you have to pay attention. To, you know, you, you, you can't blink, you know. <laughs> um, you know, if, if that's awesome. awesome, yeah, um, we tend to use that uh, quite a bit. Actually, we'll probably use it as our at our next event in October. Uh, we have a wave defense game, you know, kind of like uh, Call of Duty Zombies. Um, okay, where the humans have to defend a point through several waves, and the waves just continue for. Uh, I think we normally do what three minutes. A wave, Alex? Is that right? Three? I think it's five. Is it five? Okay. Oh, yeah, that's right. It, it was originally going to be five waves of three minutes, and we changed it to three waves of five minutes. Anyways, um, so, you know, we'll be sending, um, you know, zombies that, you know, like just regular zombies. They may be given, you know, shields or noodles or or uh, spitter eggs. Um, they may be a tank. They may have a boomer. Uh, there's a specific spe- – like, so the humans are able to set up um, – uh, structures that can only be dealt with by the zombies in a certain way. Like uh, a big hula hoop is like a pit trap and you have to have so many zombies in it. And once the zombies are in it, they're stunned, but you have to collect, I think it's three zombies in the pit trap before it's full. And then other zombies can cross over it. And then that piece of uh, that trap is taken away. Um, but then there's a special zombie that can take away traps and things like that. But one of those specials that we'll throw into the arena for that is a weeping angel because it's unstunnable. You can't get rid of it. But if you're paying attention to it, then you're not paying attention to the potential, you know, zombies that could be coming from any number of like eight different corridors. This sounds really cool. Yeah, it's a fun mechanic. You you really have to have like it's it's not one that we let just anybody do. They they have to really understand, um, you know the spirit behind the special and not just that it's out there to get kills, you know, kind of like a tank, you know, anybody can, can play a tank, um, you know, on paper, but a tank that is used properly for, you know, game mechanic, game design, game control is that, um, the tanks out there to, you know, direct and, and herd your humans, um, to objectives and whatnot. So, um, yeah, you kind of have to be careful about who you let do it because uh, it's very easy to just go ham as a tank and wipe all your humans. Yeah. During our games that we have, our boss supers, like things that are just easy rules that we can have anybody do, we have mods be those supers because our mods we trust and they know the mission so they can't, they don't break it. Right. And if they do break it, well, they got to answer to the rest of the org. <laughs> but yeah, so anybody being a weeping angel would most likely be a mod. Yeah, we we don't limit it to just our admin team. You know, there are there are uh, certain uh, regulars, trusted players, yeah, yeah s- certain regular trusted players that we will allow to, you know, go throw on a tank vest or, um, you know, be a certain type of special. Yeah. So, but it's we... because we know they understand what the purpose of 
the special is. Right. Okay. I know in the past, the organization at UNC Charlotte Cog, they used to do supers and like power up type stuff for players. They used to give it to people, but other people that we had playing felt that they were being unfair with it and that they were playing favorites, which it happens sometimes. But so our organization, we implement for our week long game, we have a currency system that we put into play. And so instead of, so players who come up to missions, if they complete it, they earn Z-Bucks or Zucks and they can collect that and use it for upgrades, like specials. I think you guys call them specials. Yeah. For supers. So for zombies, they can get cash together for our version of a tank, which is somebody who can only be stunned by socks. They can run, but they're only stunned by socks. That's how we use a tank down. That's what we call our tank down. That's, here. That's how we use it. What was that, Tim? That's a volatile uh, in Ohio? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I've heard that being tanks in other clubs as that's well. That's a that's like a New York and a Pennsylvania tank. I yeah, believe. yeah, New York tank brain is uh, chiming yeah. in chat. Yeah, and then like the smoker that we had, that's a thing players can purchase. Yeah, same we, with the necromancer and such. We do a purchase shop as well. Um, noodles, shields, and our spitter eggs are all purchasable by any player, um, and and I, our players earn those Z bucks, Z creds, as we call them. Uh, by picking up darts, you know, so that we'll give each player a quart size uh, sandwich bag. And if they fill it with darts, you know, when they're stunned or when they're walking back at the end of mission or whatever, they turned into a, the shopkeeper, they get a Z credit and they can. Purchase. Yeah, marking that down. It, it, I tell you what. So when we used to have Z13 at the dart club, um, it was myself and a couple other admin would be there probably an hour and a half after the game was done. And, and we went till 11 o'clock at night, uh, at the old place. So I was there till, you know, 12, 12 one o'clock sometimes with one or two other people picking up all the darts, putting all of the, you know, the, the, um, the cover back into place mm-hmm. for the, the business for the next morning and things like that. And we knew when we switched over to the laser tag arena that we had to be out um, by one o'clock. Cause that's when laser tag opens for regular business. Um, so dart sweep was a huge concern of ours. And so we came up with the idea of, um, rewarding the players for doing it during game and they get the credits to buy the tokens out of the shop. And it has been a huge success. I mean, there are times where the games are over and we go out to sweep and people come back with less than a handful of darts. Um, yeah, the, the laser tag arena, actually, they have an over under of how many darts they're going to find, um, throughout the next few weeks, just, you know, walking through the corridors. It's kind of funny, but, um, yeah, we do those three, the main three zombie perks. And then we, we have, uh, armbands that give humans perks like, uh, body armor reduces your, your stun area, uh, to just from your shoulder to your wrist on both arms instead of anywhere um, normally you've got, um, we call it super serum. Other places in Ohio and Pennsylvania call it, uh, anti-sadness makes you immune to, uh, dodgeballs and noodles. You've got there, you know, there's like five or six different human power-ups and no, normally they cost a credit and you can just turn it in and it's good for that game or that mission. Um, so but yeah, it's been, we have, we have something similar to that because so we have our body armor. It's 
basically you get it and then it's good for anyone tagged. So if you get tagged, instead of giving them that we have cards and such for our players to show they're playing, we get they give their body armor instead. And so the zombie gets that instead of their the tag. So we have one called Antidote that works similar to that. You you can either use it to bring yourself or someone else who has just been tagged back to life. We call those cures here. Yeah. <laughs> well, same same thing, different terminology. Yeah. But we uh we had to bring in our currency. We had to bring another type of currency in to sort of get our players to come out, especially with COVID and everything that happened. So we started running Zoins, which is just for showing up. So anybody who shows up can earn those and they get cool equipment like the pool needles and the shields is how they get those is okay. by showing up in the day missions. So nice. one of the other things that we do is uh, because we have to pay a deposit for our uh, venue, um, we need to get people to pay in advance. So we call those people early birds. Um, and those people, uh, in addition to getting a credit to use in the store right off the bat, um, they also get some little trinket. Uh, we, we would uh, do stickers um, when we were first doing it um, at the new arena. Um, and uh, one of our admin, Dan, is a graphic designer. Um, and he would design a sticker for us for every event, uh, you know, logo. And so we would uh, make stickers. Um, but we recently switched to doing uh, collectible cards. So each early bird gets a pack of randomized cards out of the set so that they can hopefully collect the entire set. Uh, it's uh, it's been a lot of fun, and uh, some of our some of our players have uh, greatly enjoyed, um, you know, seeing themselves uh, immortalized on collectors' cards. That sounds really cool. Yeah. One of the other things that our players can buy is a dossier, which we just take the mission right up <laughs> and we black out a lot of it, and we just hand it to them and say, "Good luck." <laughs> last semester we had uh you could roll the dice and you got different perks or not great things from the dice a six you got a regular dossier a two you got a redacted dossier which was the dossier but even more redacted with like two words maybe it's the redacted redacted dossier (laughs) really really funny we just gave them the words like scary or puzzle I don't think, no, we didn't give them puzzle. We gave them scary and... Uh, Whatever you do, don't redact it. Run. <laughs> well, so actually funny story from when I was a player. This was way back in 2015, 2016. They had just introduced the dossier. And back then, they didn't redact it. They gave you the full mission write-up with the dossier. And hmm. so there was a night where we had that. And then for final stand, we just had a whole bunch of currency that week because the mods didn't balance their currency right. Um, and they gave out for final stand, we were able to purchase the dossier for final stand, which um, if anybody's ever played HPZ, you know that's a problem. And so the moderator, whenever they found out that we did, one of the other moderators who wasn't there when I purchased it, he found out, it was Rogers actually, he t- took the dossier went away from where we were and he blacked out some words, but then he used him some scissors to cut things out and then he brought it back to us. So it was redacted, but he left those pieces of paper on the ground where he cut them. And so due to some um, 
this is not something I would ever do as a moderator now, but as a player who saw things on the ground, I put it back together. <laughs> now, did he do that intentionally to see if you uh, were resourceful enough? No, no, he really did it because whenever, so whenever he gave me the dossier, like after he cut it up, he was just like, I was like, but we purchased the full thing. And he was just like, well, I'm smarter than you and I'm not going to give that to you. <laughs> and then he like walked away and I was just like, oh, okay. It's like that now. And I went and picked up all the pieces, had the humans surround me, and then started working on it. And then it took about five minutes, and one of the mods noticed something was up. And they came over, and he just starts laughing. Ah. <laughs> it was one of my friends. It was a different mod, but he started laughing. But then everybody else came over and um, took away the dossier Aww. <laughs> after we got pictures of it. But that's why we do the redacted dossier now. And it's also why one of our rules is don't make us make a rule about it. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one rule. I like that yeah I tell Quite players sure the reason for that rule <laughs> <laughs> I'm the reason for a lot of rules that week huh. I was a player for a long time before I was a moderator but that's yeah but I know you guys were asking us earlier about how our week long game runs at UNC Charlotte yeah, yeah. which is something Tally I know you're great at explaining <laughs> well, so we are starting to do where we have Mission Zero on Sunday, as Wormy mentioned earlier that it runs Sunday to Saturday. In previous semesters, we have had Mission Zero on Sunday after our, after the information meeting. And then at midnight, that's when everything resets um, and the OZs are picked because we start with OZs to dress as and act like humans. And tagged during the day missions on Monday. And then by 7 p.m., the time for uh, the safe zone for the night mission, they OZs are no more. By that point, a small horde has been built. We usually have like three day missions that are short, 30 to 30 minutes to an hour long. And then our night mission is about two to three hours, depending on how long we want them to take (laughs) yeah with the night missions getting harder as the week goes on and then on wednesday we have ceasefire where at noon there is a 12-hour ceasefire no one can get tagged no one can die time to relax and take a break because we all need it and we've been teaming up with one of the other organizations on campus the guild which is board game club we have board games and pizza at night instead of a night mission. Yeah, that's neat. Um, yeah, I also introduced a thing for the Wednesday for ceasefire, where of course the mods are. It's a twelve-hour ceasefire. The players know it's going to end at those twelve hours, but just to give it some more lore and some more fun for the players, I create a semi-hard riddle for them to solve. Not like my riddle. And so that's huh? Not like my riddle at the beginning. No, no, no your no. riddle just hurt my heart. <laughs> This riddle, riddle was just mean. This riddle was um it was a whole paragraph phrase split into six parts and then each one had their own w- put into a cipher of a different kind. So we had a Caesar cipher, we had some other weird ciphers. We had a regular them... word scramble. The other yes. one was a word scramble but then I put all the letters in alphabetical order. <laughs> yeah, I, I got a good riddle for you guys to use next time. How long do owls live? Shut up. Six and a half books. No, no, no. I don't want to hear that. 
Well, considering we're doing a pirate theme, uh, what's a pirate's favorite letter? R. C? You might think it's R, but it's really it's the C. the C, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was setting that one up for you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. I actually, um, in one of the missions that I was writing for the Invitational that we ended up not using, the riddle for the humans was, what's a fi- pirate's favorite letter? And they were going to have to go out and take pictures of the buildings that began with that letter. So there was the chance that we just had players getting pictures of all the R buildings coming to turn them in and realizing it's actually C. (laughs) (laughs) And we have seven buildings on campus that start with C. And at least three that begin with R. Four, if you count the Rose Football Center. Because of Endwar, one of the riddles was for that building. It was the Persephone riddle. But here's the thing. If you know campus, it's just the football stadium. But if you're me and you know the map and the actual names of every single building on campus, it creates a lot of opportunities for fun. Because I like riddles. And she thought I would just know this off the top of my head, and I didn't. What was I to know you weren't allowed to read Percy Jackson growing up? I'm sorry. Tally doesn't know Greek mythology, which was the theme for Endwar. Oh, yeah. I couldn't bounce any of my ideas off of her because she didn't know it. Oh, that's sad. I, I love, love you. I love some Callie. Percy Jackson. I have a Camp Half Blood patch in my uh, um, my book of patches for C one three or for H E Z. But you One didn't of the artifacts. Jackson when you were a child, Tim. No, I read Percy Jackson as an adult. I read Harry Potter as an adult. I know. I'm. I, I was making fun of you for being old. Yeah. Well. <laughs> I actually, one of the artifacts for Endwar, the first mission, was a Naklusmos, Riptide, oh, very Percy's nice. Gord. Very nice. Yeah. Very proud of that one. But, yeah. Yeah. I am known for my really cool riddles that I make. So they had to enact a rule for the moderators of someone has to be able to solve it. Yeah, that's, that's a good So that it's not too mean. Have. Yeah. No, that's yeah. fair. Tally, unfortunately, usually gets it first if I'm writing them. Yep. You helped me with the crossword puzzle one. Yeah, that that's the puzzle from hell. Because I haven't actually seen the ghost puzzle. Yeah, we have a reoccurring puzzle now that's just every semester the humans get that puzzle until someone solves it. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah. No one solved it yet. It's been a year. Wow. I still haven't seen it, though. There's a reason. But... Hopefully with our upcoming semester, you guys, anybody who comes out can get the chance to experience some of these riddles. They're easier than the ones I've mentioned here. Because I love my moderators. They're not great at riddles, so had to make them on their level. Mm-hmm. Well, very cool. But, yeah. So, I mean, uh, all... Uh, go ahead, Alex. No, you go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, so all in all, I mean, it, you guys, it sounds like you definitely have your own uh, uh, seasoning, but... Uh, Anybody who has played um, the type of HVZ that we're familiar with will be at home at your club. Yes. We generally do use the same things. We just have different terminology, I found, I found <laughs> with a lot of it. Yeah, yeah that seems right. It, it, it seems, from what I saw, there's a little bit of like what we call New York HVZ, but there's a lot of... Ohio HVZ, if you want to call it that, that with different <laughs> terms thrown in. 
And that's probably, I mean, I would assume that's partially because you went to the Ohio end wars. Like you have experience. So you probably brought some of that back. I'm assuming. Yes. We actually never had a mission zero until we went to the end war up there. Nice. We used to just have our mandatory meeting on Sunday, text people during the mission that they were the OZ. And then whenever they were going out, we basically unleashed the OZs upon them, <laughs> which was hilarious and amazing. Yeah, I'm a big fan of, of mission zeros, um, just in general. But I mean, it, it gives you a chance to get warmed up, to learn the the campus yeah. if you're not familiar without the consequence of, man, I drove or flew however long to get out to this place to play and I'm going to die, you know, without even getting to see campus. Yeah, and that's why we started sort of putting them into place, especially for the Invitational that Friday night. That's going to be a Mission Zero mechanic, so we're just hoping people come out to have fun that night. Cool. I hope so, too. Yeah. Same. Yeah. But All right. Well, anything else that you guys want to touch on, or should we move on to shout-outs? I can't think of anything, Tally, besides, like, we do now have a department for any outside events that could happen. So if we do get Endor, we have a department for it. That's awesome. But currently the department works on invitationals. That makes sense. Yeah. And I'm the head of that department. So. Can't think of anyone better. Oh, thank you. (laughs) No, like legit, you guys did such a good job running Endor. Also. Go ahead, Tally. Thank you. Uh, Also, just um, if you're able to, you should come. Everyone should come out uh, September 22nd and 23rd for invitational. I so off. I honestly looked into it. I was seeing if I could. I'm not going to be able to, but I was kind of like, ooh, I wonder, could I make that? <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's, uh, I will give it the Detroit Dart Talk recommendation of if you can make it, you should go You should go play. It's going to be fun. I'm sad I can't. Well, thank you for that wonderful recommendation. We are very excited. Yeah, I really uh, have uh, enjoyed listening to... Uh, to Alex and Eric and, and brain and everybody else talk about their experience there. Um, so I'm hoping that I definitely will be able to make it out to your guys game at some point, whether I will drag them down, whether that's another end war, if you guys (laughs) get to host again, or if uh, it just ends up being an invitational that we make a long weekend out of, but uh, I, I look forward to the opportunity to, to check out your campus in person. I will say thanks to brain and Kelsey and some of the other people from that group and such. I have now made changes to how Arachne works for future semesters and games. No, they're going on about Arachne. You can't Arachne just hold me in a right courtyard. <laughs> Nor, um, yeah. So, and there's no more abomination with it. Oh. No more bunny? Um, the bunny was great. Oh. Um, it did wear on the stitches to create it. So, we're using a half length pool noodle going forward that we're throwing. Ah. Still on a we string. We gotta test it out. Still on a string. Still on a string That's so I can smart. reel it back in. Yeah. I and like that. the the stun timer has gone down now. Ooh. Ooh, Ten was, seconds was too long. Yeah. Yeah. Ten seconds indoor twenty two made me hate a ten second count as a tank, so I agree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's gonna be it's it's <laughs> gonna be a different number that's lower than ten. And if brain shows up make it three. Target Just number make one. It, make it three. Three is a good count. Three will bring you in line with Ohio tanks, which are the best tanks. Three is pretty good. Alex just loves going hoarse, shouting, I am a tank. 
<laughs> There's no I am a. It's just the word tank until I can't talk anymore. <laughs> yeah. And if somebody yeah. somebody shouts that uh, they're having flashbacks to End War, he, he gets even more tickled. Oh, yeah. That'll actually break my cadence and I'll double over laughing. <laughs> There's footage. <laughs> oh, man. Sorry. I just realized the chat was going on. Um, by the way, anybody who has given an Arachne pin, you are not allowed to give one to Brain. <laughs> <laughs> Just making sure that is out there. Well, he is not allowed to have that pin. Now, here's the thing, though. <laughs> here's the thing, though. Does he know what it looks like? Yes, he I, does know what it looks because like. Because I would not put it past him to just flat out get a tattoo of the damn thing. That's what he's saying he's going to do. Oh, okay. <laughs> but, like... If you want to get a tattoo, that's on you, but you're not getting one of the pins that I personally designed and made. <laughs> Being bribed with tattoos. Yeah, no. Brain, you're not going to get through to Tally. She is an aunt to my child. Huh? But if I get a tattoo out of it. Uh-oh. You can say goodbye to Liam. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Sorry, Brain. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's move on to shout-outs. Sorry, yes. No, you're good. Why, why don't our guests go first? Oh, wait, hold up. I did forget to thank Drac for everything that he did for our organization. Fair enough. I would like to thank him profusely for all the stuff he did for our org and for having Edward there. Because while we did help him out, he helped us out so much more, I feel like. And he was fantastic. All the shenanigans that he put up with. Yeah, all the shenanigans. He was there. He knew of every single time that something happened. But... I was the liaison with him, and I didn't change, and that was his one stipulation throughout all. He was just like, as long as I have Wormy, we're good. So, he rolled with everything that came. <laughs> oh, good. So, yeah, sorry. Yep, that oh. was it. Alright, cool. Alex, what do you got? Oh, man, I don't know. Um, this is a personal one. I'm thank everybody who came out to my kids' birthday parties this past weekend, because they had a fantastic fourth birthday, so Tim and Adam and oh. other people Aww. who don't listen to Nerf podcasts. <laughs> Happy birthday. late birthday to them. They're asleep, so I'm not going to tell them right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, obviously. Don't tell them now. Callie's <laughs> birthday is coming wake up, up next wake week. Up. <laughs> Warby's birthday is Wednesday. Mine is Sunday. Oh, happy birthday. Yeah, and happy birthday. I'm having the first org meeting on my birthday. Hey. <laughs> the, the best birthday. Because you, you live and breathe you live and breathe this org. So I really do. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a good thing. Oh man. Uh let's see. Who who is my shout out? You know what? My shout out goes to Mike, Spy Mike, for scoring me an end war challenge coin um because that is something that i do um collect on the side i have a few hvz or nerf related ones but uh it was i was really cool when you know end war 22 had them and that was one of my regrets of not being able to make it to 23 was i wouldn't be able to add that uh challenge coin uh to my collection and he uh uh very uh graciously gave up one that he got uh to me uh for that um I'm also very happy to have the uh, bandana that uh, Alex scored for me uh, to add to my collection. I still need to hang that one up with all the others. Tally, do you have a shout-out? Thank you to everyone who helped me and my boyfriend move in this weekend. 
Ah. Been busy. Yeah. Moving is never never uh an easy thing to deal with and many hands like make light work. Mm-hmm. I do not envy anyone moving. Yeah. Yeah. It's been an interesting few weeks. <laughs> I'm sure. All yeah, right. Cuz there was I slept on Wormy's couch for a few weeks there. Fine. <laughs> heard of elephants going through my house right now apparently <laughs> all right well i guess it's time to take this one home uh thank you guys for coming on and uh you know cluing us in a little bit uh giving a, a little bit better uh lens to uh, uh our favorite uh corner of the nerf hobby uh down in in uh, your area you know we uh we get to attend and uh talk about you know ohio Pennsylvania style HVZ all the time. It's uh, it's great to hear a little bit more about uh, what's going on in other areas. So uh, it was uh, it was nice to yeah. hear about it. Yeah, thanks for having us on. Yeah, yeah thank you guys yeah. so much for having us again. Yo, oh, it was our pleasure, truly. All right, I guess that uh, wraps this one up. We'll catch you guys on the next episode. Bye. 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 There's Mike. Let's uh let's end the episode now. Ah, ah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he missed me shouting him out, so that's uh punishment enough. <laughs> oh, see, and Mike, you're not gonna know if Tim actually shouted you out or not until he gets the episode edited. That's gonna be painful. <laughs> and I'm the bad guy now. Oh no. <laughs>